Good day and welcome to the Frontline Chatter Podcast. My name is Jarian Gibson with co-host Andrew Morgan. How are you doing today, Andy? I'm doing pretty good. I'm doing pretty good. Now, summer's over. Kids are back in school. I'm starting to have a lot more free time. Um, and you? Yep, same. Summer's over. I got both kids in school now. Um, little man has had a rough couple of days of breakdowns when I drop him off, but um, my daughter seems to be enjoying kindergarten a lot, and it's coming up on a holiday weekend, so... Everything's good here. Super. So glad to hear it. Glad to hear it. So uh, let's go ahead and introduce uh, today's guest. Uh, we have Kevin Goodman, CEO and founder of FS Logics. Um, how are you doing today, Kevin? Doing very well, Jarian. Very well. It's good uh, to have you back on um, here on, on the Frontline Chatter podcast. Uh, you know, nice time to get caught up on what's been uh, going on with FS Logics and, and Kevin since uh, it's been a while. Yeah, it's been almost a year, hasn't it? Maybe a little more, actually, since we last talked. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, I'd say it's about it's about the year mark. But you know, what's interesting is every every couple of weeks there's brand new news coming out of FS Logics with people and and interest and and features and and uh, and uh, you know all kinds of good stuff. So you know, how uh, how's the last year been treating you, Kevin? Uh, you know, it's it's been very well. So uh, um, the product that we have solves a real need. And it's getting a lot of good press out there from the bloggers and um, from some big uh, customers out there, as well as the the big players like Microsoft and Citrix. Very nice. So it looks like you're just coming off of uh, VMworld. So how was the event for the FS Logics team? You know, it's so. I mean. So everyone knows I'm ex VMware, and, and and VMware gets it. And I I will tell you, I, I we don't actually have a stand there, and part of the reason why is it's thirty thousand people, but they don't have an EUC pavilion. I noticed they had a mobility pavilion this year. Maybe that consumed the old AirWatch uh, show. They don't have an EUC pavilion, so we don't. Um, we don't sponsor there, but we do attend because it's so important to hear what VMware is doing next and stuff like that. And and uh, I used to bristle when people say, oh, VMware doesn't care about a UC back when I was working there. And I'll go toe-to-toe with anybody who says they don't care about a UC. They care about it very, very much. And, heck, some of the announcements, um, it just go ahead and prove that, that came out of VMworld. Uh, it, the one that I thought was, uh, you know, that Workspace one, and the stuff they're doing with Frame, I think that just epitomizes that uh, um, VMworld understands uh, what's going on, and they know what it takes to succeed up in the cloud. Uh, yeah, we're a, we're have a big play in the cloud as well, so we know what it takes to do it in there. If you're just going to forklift VMs and put them in the cloud and say, "Hey, I'm a cloud play," you'll you'll go broke. You have to take advantage of you know, the cloud services that are available to you. And, uh, you know, we know that at FS Logics and Frame certainly knows that. Oh, I couldn't agree with you more. The Workspace One news was, you know, it's great. I mean, Workspace One is a very flexible uh, kind of platform, and it's kind of unique in the sense that, you know, not many other vendors are doing what VMware are doing or Workspace One. And Frame, Frame made perfect sense, right? I mean, it's 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 a cloud-based model for application subscription, and that's exactly what Workspace One is doing too. So I think it's a, I think it's a, it's a great little um, uh, combination of two technologies that are doing well. 
yeah, totally, totally agree. Was uh, happy to see that. I uh, like the frame guys, as uh, everyone knows. Ruben joined as CTO, uh, you know, and uh, known Ruben for ages, and I thought that was a great acquisition for them. And I think it reflects well on how frame is doing. That that is, uh, you know, there was a feeding frenzy for his services uh, when he became available, and uh, the fact that he chose frame tells me volumes about frame. I couldn't agree more. I couldn't agree more. Uh, Ruben, has, Ruben has his finger on the pulse for the last decade, you know, and and, and still very much do, does to this day. I, it was a it was a great snap up, wasn't it? And um, it's uh, yeah, I, I wish him all the best over there. Yeah, I, I second that as well, and it's great to see that you know VMware had that partnership with with Frame. Microsoft made a, a nice investment in it as well, so um, it'd be pretty much be one to watch, and you know, hopefully, we can get them on here to talk to them as well on a future time. Um, but back to back to VMworld, yeah, it was kind of interesting. This was kind of the the VMworld I wish I would have gone to because it did seem like they stepped up their game on the EUC side. So it, it was good to see that. I, I know in the past that I, I've said that they should probably combine AirWatch and the EUC stuff into its own conference. But you know, going off this year, it, it does seem like VMware is stepping up its game and expanding EUC at VMworld. Yeah, and you know. Um... Uh, so we had exhibited at uh, VMworld in the past, and someone would come by and say, what do you do? And we'd tell them, and they say, oh, well, I only do vSphere. Thanks, though. Can I have your tchotchke? Um, so the fact if they just had an EUC hall or, like, maybe next time they're back at Moscone, just give us one building for EUC. And I, I think you um, you may even see the participation grow in, in VMworld if that's possible. I think it had 30,000 people there this year. It was packed. Yeah, no, I, I kind of a, I kind of agree with your sentiment there. I mean, VM, VMworld is, is a big beast. I mean, it's, and it's catering for a lot of people from anything from, you know, vSphere to NSX to all of the periphery products that VMware do in the data center. And then, of course, EUC as a, as a combination too. There's a lot going on. But I think, I think this year, I think VMware really doubled down and gave EUC the, 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 the focus it needed in the keynote, and I, I couldn't agree with you more. There, there definitely needs to be dedicated space assigned to it from this point onwards. So I, I'm with you. All right. So from Andrew's lips to whoever runs VMworld's ears, there we go. So um, let's talk about some updates from from the FS Logic side. So first of all, congrats on the new uh, Flux release. Can you give us some? Some info on that, and so our listeners can can understand what what went into that and, and what's new in the release. Um, yeah, so um, for people not familiar with FS Logics, we're um, uh, the next generation uh, VDI two O, if you want to, as some people call it, uh, solution for your profiles and uh, your applications. Uh, Flux. What was important about Flux is it uh, has um, some cloud-ready stuff in there. So we support the Azure file um, storage. And what that means is rather than if you're in the cloud, rather than serving up a file server to store your profiles on there, you can just use Azure file storage and just pay for storage. Uh, we can do the same thing with S3 on uh, Amazon. And some of the things you look at there are it is, for example, if you're just buying a file server for storage, you're paying about $0.30 cents a gigabyte on Amazon, but you're down to $0.02 cents if you're using S3. So it is significant. 
is part of what I was talking about earlier. If you just want to forklift all your VMs and, and put them in the cloud, you'll go broke, you know, because you can't be, afford to be paying those hourly charges like that. The, um, uh, you know, whether you're in uh, Azure or whether you are in um, AWS, and what's nice about FS Logics is our container technology makes it agnostic to that. Um, and let's face it, these guys are in a bidding war, a price war with each other. So if you're up on Azure and all of a sudden you find out you can get much cheaper uh, to move to AWS, your FS Logics containers are just going to port right over. Um, so that means you can go now go from physical to a private data center like Citrix or VMware. You can go physical straight to the cloud, or you can go Citrix and VMware to the cloud. So no matter what situation, where you are in your journey, as we used to call it over at uh, when I was at VMware, no matter where you are in that journey, we've got a container for you that's going to enable you to take your data anywhere you go. And if you go back again, let's face it, some people have gone to the cloud and then decided they wanted to go back on-prem for some stuff, and some people have a hybrid model. I agree with you entirely there in the sense that the, the forklifting thing just does not work. Uh, and, you know, many vendors will try um, to take what they're doing today and just kind of shoehorn it or, well, more importantly, crowbar it into the cloud and hope that everything's going to go the same. The the, the, the files piece was always something that uh, that came up in conversations with me with customers. That's, well, why do I need to run a file server? You know, this cloud service offers filing as a service. So, you know, why don't we just use that? And, yeah, I mean... Up until now, there was no real option to use that. You know, um, there were ACL issues, or there were security issues, or anything like that that they may come up. But um, no, it's great that you're you're tackling these use cases that people are they're all kind of talking about, but kind of getting around by just deploying a legacy um, architecture up there. So no, it's, it's great news. Another another roadblock out of the way, I suppose. Uh, yeah, and so um, uh, you know, this uh, 2017 is going to be the tenth year of the cloud. Um, it's uh, our annual year of the cloud here, but uh, slowly but surely we're making it to where, um, you know, it's only a matter of time before everyone starts uh, using the um, uh, the cloud. If you have a private data center, you're, you know, it's a depreciating asset. And as you spend that um, uh, money for that, you're going to come up to whether it do I buy new hardware or do I, you know, decide to, um, you know, start renting uh, always uh, state-of-the-art hardware from somebody like AWS or, or Azure? Couldn't couldn't agree more. Couldn't agree more. I mean, I'm surprised to hear that ten that ten year figure. I hadn't heard that one yet. Um, but I, I, in honesty, in the last in the last eighteen months to, to two years, it's become a reality for a lot of people. Not not a not an entire lift and shift for everybody, I would say. But for the most part, it's a, it, you know tackling service by service and and uh, moving that service to a more cloud uh, friendly model. Uh, I, I've seen it. My customers have the most success with. Um, in honesty, how about you, Jay? Uh, yeah, I would say too as well. And the biggest thing would be using the cloud native services instead of trying to forklift move things. Uh, yeah. I think that's the key point, and that that's where you know you'll see customers hit some cost issues or trying to throw legacy crap in the cloud by not following that route. Uh, you know what? One other item too, and uh, I think this is important um, for us uh, 
at FS Logics is it's not a rip and replace with our strategy as well. If you are not convinced, and a lot of people got burned, you know, moving to the cloud and are, you know, are tentative about going back, you it isn't an all or nothing approach with us. You can have that hybrid model. You can have your um, your workloads in Citrix or in VMware, whether you're you know Zen App, Zen Desktop, or Horizon View, and you can be storing your data up on S3 or Azure File Services with um, with FS Logics, and then as you um, you know, and you could do it just a couple of users at a time or a group of users at a time, and determine for yourself whether it's reliable, whether you get the scalability, whether you get the performance that you need, and slowly migrate over, and um, you know, or even just use that 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 file store. Uh, we can set that up so you just use that as your disaster recovery uh, over there, and and then you could put it over. You know, on AWS, you could put it in Glacier and, you know, have it have it really cheap storage for you and just use it as a backup if you need to. All of those things we think give you flexibility, but you don't have to do the entire organization at the, at one time. Um, and so you're in control of your data center at that point. You just decide where it resides. I'm with you entirely there. It, it's it, the, the flexibility that, that FS Logics delivers is, is paramount there. I mean, it, it works fantastically on prem. You're already ahead of the posse with, with supporting the, the cloud native um, options. So, you yeah, know, it, it's a great story overall. Uh, it really is. Well, thank you. Uh, yeah, we, we worked hard on it. We have a bunch of good people over here at FS Logics, and uh, I know every CEO says his employees are the best, but. The reason I like mine is they've been there and done that before, all right? So we've got guys that have been doing file system services for years. Uh, My co-founder, Randy Cook, who's CTO, has, you know, over 30 patents in this industry. So this is just another location of where to store files for him and, and... you know, it feels like he can see the future, but, you know, when you look at it, it's pretty obvious. This is the places that we're going. He just, you know, he just told us at FS Logics 18 months ago that we need to get prepared for this. And he was right on the money, in fairness to him, and um, reliably right on the money. So, you know, kind of tell us what else has been going on with FS Logics. You know, what's new? Um, there was a recent announcement that we'd like to talk about, and then. What's next on the radar for FS Logics? Yeah, so um, Microsoft uh, reached out to us. I think it was a, a synergy, or it was uh, maybe the uh, summit. Actually, um, wanted to learn some more information about our Office 365 container. And in a nutshell, for your listeners out there, our Office 365 container is a a, a data store. For when you move to Office 365, if you're up in a uh, private or a public cloud, typically um, the performance hasn't been great and some of the functionality has been missing. Part of that is because you need um, cached exchange mode uh, to keep your performance up. And traditionally, um, cached exchange mode means a large OST file and OST files and say folder redirection just don't really mix. If you're using OneDrive, OneDrive on a network share just doesn't um, 
It just doesn't perform. It doesn't work at all. I think it doesn't sync. So our Office 365 container was designed to work alongside existing profiles, whether that's UPM or one of the third-party profiles, roaming profiles, or even the FSLogix profile container, and enable you to get the performance that um, you would have if you were running Office 365 local on a physical device. Um, Microsoft is, um, they don't just take our word for it, so they contracted out to a third party and had them test us. Those testing results uh, came in, and so uh, Microsoft just blogged about it. If you are doing Office 365, take a look at these results from a, a, a third party. And it really showed that uh, um, uh, the, the Office 365 container we have is a excellent solution for you if you're up on non-persistent. One of the other things I forgot to mention is search. So typically, and I don't know, there was some guy named Jarian put out a best practices uh, years ago that said, you know, hey, search, search indexing off if you're on uh, Zen app because... It just doesn't make sense in the non-persistent environment, right? A user logs in, gets his search index, logs off, logs back in again, and gets routed to another server. And so all that data is, is useless. So FSLogix, the Office 365 container, will persist that user's search index within the container. When they log into another Citrix or RDSH server, it will connect back up and reconnect their index. So you now have search again fast search that's local, not going all the way up to Office 365 cloud uh, to do it. And those are some of the barriers to entry of moving up to uh, RDSH only or uh, Citrix or VMware solution um, because people that are on physical desktops are used to typing three characters and finding the email that they want. So anyway, all of those features led you know Microsoft to look at it a little closer and, you know, the blog tells me that they like what they see. And uh, uh, it's very, very nice. We went to their Worldwide Partner Conference, which is now called Insight, uh, back in D.C. a couple months ago. And uh, it was nice to see the response of people coming by the booth saying, hey, Microsoft support said I should come check you guys out because I was complaining about office performance up on RDSH in Azure. Wow, it's all coming together. I say you were grinning from che- to cheek to cheek when uh, that blog post came out. <laughs> well, you know, it's it's uh, it, it's funny. Um, you get a lot of um, chatter about it, saying, "Oh, all you're doing is connecting up a VHD. I can go into disk management and attach a VHD, and voila, I also have an Office 365 container." But the truth is, it's actually a lot more than that. Um, yeah. A, a symbolic link is what you'll get if you try to connect up one like that. And network stuff like uh, OneDrive and OneNote just doesn't work across a symbolic link. Also, security fails um, if you have enhanced, uh, uh, what do you call it, enhanced protected mode that you put into um, apps like Adobe. Yeah. Um, you are not going to be able to click on attachment and actually read it. You're going to have to save it local or something like that in order. Um, so it's just not seamless if you do it that way. So we spend a lot of time preparing that. And, um, you know, what you'll find out too is um, uh, it's just 
you look at us in a normally attached container and find out for some reason we're faster. And uh, so we have some other secret sauce that's going on there as well. Precisely. Anybody can attach a VHD. That's not the that's not the tricky bit. The tricky bit is doing it well, and I think you guys have nailed it. So uh, it's um, yeah, no, it's, it's great to hear. It's great to hear. It's great to see the Microsoft support. We we you know we've been we've been advocates of you guys for you know for a long time now, and it's great to see the success that you're that you're um, that you're encountering, and well deservedly too. Um, so you know it's great. I mean, and your your team has expanded recently, Kevin. Do you want to tell us about some of the great talent you've picked? Up. Uh yeah, so I you know, I pat myself on the back. Uh, we must have put a good company together to get the likes of the people we've just recently brought on board. So uh um some of them will be very uh uh well known people to uh your listeners. Um Benny Trich has joined us as a, a chief technical evangelist based out of Germany. Benny's well known to the community. He's uh, MVP and a CTP and and, and, uh, um, the go to guy when you're talking about graphics and things like that. Uh, We also uh, brought on board Jim Moyle, uh, based out of London, another uh, chief technical evangelist. And um, speaking about well known, Jim is. very popular out there, one of the most popular speakers on what used to be Bryform Circuit and, and um, you know, all the other conferences. And, and uh, we also um, brought on board Chris Plant. And if you don't know Chris, Chris is a uh, uh, salesman. Um, Jim and Chris both come to us from Atlantis, which um, uh, recently got Acquired by, I believe it was Hive IO, and uh, uh, Ruben was from Atlantis as well. So, um, you know, a couple of those guys moved on after that acquisition, and we were very lucky um, uh, to get the ones that we got. Yeah, no, it's it's superb news. I mean, it's a it's some great catch, some massive names there, and it's only gonna it's only gonna be up and up and up. I uh, I can foresee for for FS Logic, it's it's great that the that Chris and um, and um, Jim went over to something that was so close to their hearts already, you know. And uh, Benny is a superb hire. I mean, Benny's been around as long as the hills in this industry, and there's very little he doesn't know, you know. You know, particularly with graphics and cloud. So it's a uh, it's great hires, and it it. It's it's it, it's honestly very exciting for us at the on the sidelines watching FS Logics grow from from you know what I what I described last year and Brad quite liked was the uh, was the, the kind of ragged underdogs all the way up to, to what is now like the the go to solution for the for the problems you've outlined already. So I I I tweeted perhaps tongue in cheek, but I tweeted you know someone was congratulating me on these hires and I I tweeted well I'm not very bright uh, so I got to hire really smart people to surround me. And I think it was Case that tweeted back and said, I see what you did there. That means you're actually very, very smart. But the truth is, you gotta, you got to hire really smart people because this, you know, what we're doing is not easy. This, this whole um, making Microsoft Windows work up in the cloud is, is, is not as easy as it sounds. There's a lot of underpinnings that you have to understand and you have to get correctly. And it's not easy to teach someone some of this stuff. So, uh, you know, you look at the the Bennies and uh, uh, the Jim Moyles of the world and, uh, you know, the guys we have on the team and 
they're already understand all of this stuff. So you just tell them what our unique solution is and, and, and they get it. So we have a really simple plan here at uh, FS Logics. And, and so these guys are able to step in and execute it. Yeah, I like to uh, echo, echo Andy's comments there. You know, it's, it's good to see um, the talent that you guys have brought, brought on. And also, you know, it, it's only going to help just grow FS Logics, you know, especially on, on the European side as well. Um, kind of moving ahead here. So, what has kind of been the biggest, biggest barrier, you know, misnomer about FS Logics and the, the customers that uh, that you guys de- deploy it to? So, I would say it's uh, very interesting within our little space right here. You talk about you know how we're the go-to solution. Um, you talk to people at uh, VMworld, um, people who come by the booth at Synergy or at the Microsoft conference, and they go, who are you guys? Yeah, never heard of you. Tell me about yourself. Um, and then when you get a chance to tell them, you, um, uh, they say, oh, well, that's an interesting solution. I didn't even know anybody had a problem, uh, you know, a, a solution for this problem. And um, that's kind of frustrating, you know, with our, our, our limited marketing budget, um, we've been able to do leaps and bounds beyond what I thought we'd be able to do and, and what our marketing team has been able to do uh, with social media and the like um, has um, really, really paid off. Yet there are so many people out there who don't even know we exist. You know, it's so, uh, you know, we just got to tackle that one day at a time, I guess. Oh, I get that. I get that completely. Yeah, I mean, it's it, the EUC is is a tricky one, right? I mean, um, what you know, I, I think what, what I, you know, it what, what you guys are doing is you're 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 correcting problems with with EUC solutions that are that are very obvious when you have an EUC up or, or EUC solution up and running, but it's not the it's not the named brand that's providing the EUC solution, if that's fair. So I understand what you mean. Like um what people who may not be familiar with, with what people are doing around virtualization may not understand understand the Office three six five uh, pandemic. People who haven't done application virtualization may not understand the, the benefits of uh, of your of your you know your kind of application masking and, and Java masking solutions. So yeah, no I, I get that. But I, I think as time goes on and as you've proven in the last year, the name is getting bigger and bigger. The hires are getting bigger and bigger. So I'd imagine that misnomer is will will be dead hopefully in the next year. Yeah, we're hoping so. I would say the other thing we run across too. So you you, you said the misnomer. The other thing that we run across too is uh, people ask us, "Does Microsoft approve? Do they know you're doing this?" Like with our image masking, uh, they'll um, they wonder how that. Um, uh, complies with like Microsoft uh, software asset management and compliance. And uh, I'm happy to announce that although the Sam C group at Microsoft doesn't endorse any products, we have uh, demonstrated to them our solution. We were able to get in front of them and we demonstrated our solution. And, and they, they told us that we have all the controls necessary uh, to satisfy them. Our reports would satisfy them in any audit that they did. And that was bit just huge news. Now, like I said, they don't endorse any um, company or any product. Um, but what happens in an audit situation, we just recently had one. We tell them to contact their 
SAMIC compliance person at Microsoft and, and then have it go that way, go up the chain and come back down. Um, so we've had a couple of successful audits now with, uh, uh, we had one, I think a year ago, but now we've had a couple since then, uh, successful audits, um, using our image masking and per device licensing, um, that we have, um, really, really important because here's what I've seen from office 365. Although it's Microsoft's biggest selling product, fastest growing product that they've ever had, faster growing than Windows or SQL Server or anything else like that, um, the salesmen are um, uh, they're they're pretty uh, persuasive, and sometimes they actually threaten a audit. So my customers have been telling me, and if you are on an old version of uh, Office and don't feel like moving. Um, They'll say, well, show us, you know, that's device based. Show us your report that shows you've only used the right, correct amount of devices to access, access Office 2013 upon Citrix. And most people think, well, it's only on these six Citrix servers. That's correct. Except it isn't the server that's the device, it's the device you access it with. So if you don't have a product like FS Logics out there to do your per device licensing, and there are a couple other companies that do it as well. I have to I have to say that. But if you don't have a product like that and you don't have it in place, then um, what you find is you're in violation of your uh, Microsoft product terms. And uh, the threat of a big audit and fine is uh, we've been told by some of our customers uh, persuasive enough to get them to move to Office 365. One of these customers had just finished the migration to 213 when this took place. The the asset management piece is uh, is uh, is a problem that has come up since day one of virtualization. In honesty, and and even before the per device issue, it was it was a uh, you know well I only have Visio on this one Citrix server, yeah, but how many people theoretically can access it? You know, so it's 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 great. You know, I think last time we spoke uh, last year, you were in the middle of that audit, and you said it was it was it was going very positively. You now have have proven track record to be able to survive these audits. And with the you know when you look at your product versus versus uh, you know the other vendors in the market, it, it's so much simpler and easier to use. And I'm I'd be willing to bet it would probably be work out more kind of uh, financially beneficial too. So it's great to hear that again. You've you've chopped down a barrier and you've got kind of kind of proven. True, proven um, track record of, of doing so. So it's a and it's a problem that every customer is going to have at one point or another. The Office 365 shakedown absolutely is happening. I've had customers that happened to too, and yes, they went to 365 to avoid the the true up costs. So it's a, it's it's a clever sales ploy from Microsoft. You can't argue it, but it's it's great to know that if a customer needs a solution, FS Logics is right there and ready. Yeah, so I mean, look at this from an industry perspective, and and uh, yeah, Andy and Jari, and you've been there all along. If you look at how many seats Citrix and VMware have in their um, uh, private data centers that they count, I know Citrix does ads that say we have a hundred million um, satisfied users. There are a billion PCs out there, right? So we're talking ten percent penetration into this market some of the reasons why this market isn't being penetrated um uh, you know more deeply than that is this licensing you know people are afraid that if they get up there and there are companies uh you know one of our one of our um, 
uh, customers is a legal company that said if they were to be found, um, you know, violating an audit, it could put them out of business. The shame that would be brought upon them could put them out of business. That's part of the reason why the majority of the stuff they have is still physical. This is what's stopping that big digital transformation, among other things. But this is what's stopping that big digital transformation out there. And, you know, um, it, companies like FS Logics can get that word out that that is one barrier that no longer exists. Uh, you might see more people migrate up to the cloud. Yeah, and it's it's going to be, you know, hopefully this is one of those things that helps, you know, like you're saying, bring that barrier down because there is a huge market of physical PCs out there that hasn't even tapped yet. And it's something that, that we've talked about all the time. I know that uh, Steve Greenberg is very, very vocal about that as well with, with some of the products that um, Citrix and, and VMware are releasing. So, you know, having a product like this to help show, you know, that the usage of it is only going to help further that cause. Um, one key thing you mentioned earlier that I want to kind of talk about is, um, about using your solution as just a data container or buying into the whole solution. So that brings up to a key point is, you know, any thoughts, you know, looking about partnering or integrating with other products out there, um, you're, you're seeing other solutions where, they might not have this type of technology in it, functionality in it, uh, to be able to help with this use case. So have you guys thought about that, talking to anyone, anything you can share with us on that front? Yeah, absolutely. So a couple of things I want to talk about that. Um, when you talk integration, so we've done a lot of work to make sure we integrate very well with um, Citrix application layering. As you know, the Unidesk um, acquisition um, from earlier this year is now called Citrix Application Layering. And um, that product in FS Logics, we've had our engineers sit shoulder to shoulder with them um, to do what we call interop, making sure our products work well together. And I think we dovetail very nicely. So they put applications uh, either into a base image or they hot add them uh, in their elastic layering piece. Uh, but they don't do isolation. And so the image management piece of FS Logics is very well at doing isolation. So, for example, I want to hot add a um, product like Autodesk Revit. Autodesk Revit is made up of uh, a gajillion, I think that's a technical term for it, a gajillion add-ins. And it would be very difficult to layer um, Revit with just the 3D modeling add-in and then another layer with just the um, shading add-in, and another layer with just the lighting add-in. What you can do is put all those add-ins into one layer, and then FS Logics can manage them afterwards, in which the group that needs 3D modeling sees that but doesn't see those other two ones. And again, those are licensed per user. So it's very important that um, you, when you're in doing it this way, you make sure the users with FS Logics only see the components that they need to see. Another example is in, in the Java isolation. It's very easy to with FS Logics um, to have multiple versions of Java, and each one just points to a specific URL that launches that version of Java. That integration that we're doing there with Citrix application layering has brought in a. Um, ton of new opportunities for us because everyone who's um, been wanting to see something like application layering within Citrix is using it. 
and then uh, you know realizing that they have to have FS logics to fill in those holes. And going back to our last conversation, even if you're hot adding or using elastic layering to add the application, it's the device you connect up with is how it's licensed. So if you're using Visio in Project, which are typically licensed on a device uh, per device model, and you're still just uh, uh, using elastic layering to only give it to the user who you want to have um, uh, Visio or Project, you still have to uh, run a report that shows you access it with the correct um, devices. Typically, Visio and Project could be licensed for Microsoft for on-prem use only. So you have to show that only the devices that are on-prem were able to access that. And you can do that with FSLogic. Somebody can um, use elastic layering, put in Visio while they're at the office, see it, go home, log in with their iPad, and notice Visio isn't it looks like it's no longer in their image. Um, and doing it that way uh, makes, uh, you know, a 100% solution for, um, uh, you know, the combination of FS logics and, and, and application layering. Superb stuff. Superb stuff. Um, shifting gears slightly, um, I, uh, the industry has, has kind of, changed a little in the last nine to 12 months and with your history with between vmware and uh and fsogix and everything you've done in the past uh, i'm sure you've been watching it as keenly as the rest of us i i mean specifically around uem i mean we've had two you know we've had both citrix and vmware you know gobble up a uem vendor and now two of the largest vendors in the market uh, you know absence and res have been purchased by avanti um what, what do you think is going on here to, um in your opinion is, is this just kind of par for the course or is there something else well there's a um uh you know the the whole avanti thing is a a, a typical roll-up um absence tons of customers uh a lot of revenue but just not enough to make themselves a public company. Similar thing with Res, um, tons of customers, but um, I, you know, I, I, I don't know as much about Res as uh, I am familiar with Absence, but um, they apparently couldn't get to that point where they became a public company. And when, you're, when you have backers like Goldman Sachs or some of these other companies that have backed these companies, you want to return on your investment. And at some point in time, you get tired of waiting. Most funds, VC funds, run for five or ten years. So take Unidesk, for example. Excellent company, lots of customers, great tech. But, I mean, they came out in 2006 with their, I think is when they're, first release their product so they've been around 10 years and investors want to see a return on their investment that's why they put that money in there and so that ends up happening you end up getting acquired either by a citrix or you roll up into a company like avante avante scheme is um a, a typical roll-up scheme is we're going to take heat software and land desk and and um absence and res all companies with lots of loyal customers and we're going to put them all into one company and continue to satisfy all of those customers but now combine our revenue and you know once we get up uh you know over half a billion a year billion dollars a year worth of revenue we can then take avante public and we'll see a return on that investment uh i think that's i think that's what's going on there um uh, Res was a uh, 
uh, interesting company for FS Logics. Uh, they the day or two before they got acquired, they announced um, a, a solution brief with FS Logics in which they were um, able to sell our uh, Office 365 container. Um, that uh, kind of went um, sideways once they got acquired, um, but that just shows you the res guys uh, understood that um, in order to do some business, you have to have a great solution for Office 365. Um, and you're going to continue to see that. Um, FS Logics did our own uh, partnering with a, a company out of Germany called Device Trust. Uh, Device Trust is a company that is um, gives you so much more data about your client device. So using our um, image management Customers who are using Device Trust and FS Logics can now say, you know, I'm going to not let you see this corporate app if you're not on the corporate network. I'm not going to let you see this if you're not on a MAC address owned by the corporate network. I'm not going to let you see this application if you're on a open Wi-Fi and stuff like that. So um, some of the banks with PCI compliance and stuff like that are using uh, Device Trust and FS Logics for that. It, we're just... We're just getting to the point, I think, uh, that Workspace One announcement is a perfect example of this. That Citrix Microsoft partnership that they announced before is we realize that this there's like a lot of green field out there and no one vendor has the entire solution. I think that's the the real answer to this. Andy is no one vendor has the entire solution. So you're gonna have to pick and choose and, and cherry pick a couple of vendors to get what you need. And I think that'll continue to go on as um, we try to get more and more people uh, up to the cloud. Yeah, I think it. Um, I think it adds a new dynamic in a sense that you know uh, there's entry level UEM and every vendor solution at the moment. So uh, I think AppSense and RES were long gone past being able to innovate quickly and I think for, for the customer base that they had they were stable and happy but for any new customers to take on those kind of solutions meant not using what they probably already had in their vendor's model but also having to you know set up these behemoth products to start again whereas now we have entry level UEM solutions as I mentioned and we have clever products like FS Logics that can get probably the rest of the way so it, yeah it's it's very much a market change but it, it opens up the, the playing fields again to um to the vendors who don't necessarily do all of it but just do some of it well yeah and that and that is uh you know uh, uh that is someone once uh, very smart said to me said you know there's a billion seats out there we don't have to fight each other over that this one particular seat um and there is um, no one vendor that's going to uh, get the entire market. So you go after your niches. And, um, you know, I think we'll continue to see that. The big guys are always going to be acquiring small guys to fill in their gaps and stuff like that. And I think that'll continue to take place. And I can imagine that Avante will continue to acquire companies similar to the ones we just talked about, because if they want to get to a billion dollars in revenue, they have to acquire companies that have, you know, a, a great deal of revenue, that uh, a steady revenue stream that they can count on. So we, we kind of touched on FS Logics and, and cloud earlier, um, being cloud ready, using some of the cloud native 
native services. Um, do you guys have any customers doing cloud deployments out there with FS Logix? Uh, yeah, absolutely. So um, we have uh, uh, several, as a matter of fact. Um, MSPs are um, typically what they don't do, and we're, we're about to announce one um, use case. We do have one MSP who will is willing to step up and say FS Logix is the reason, but a lot of them don't tell their competitors that they're using FS Logix. So we have one um, company that hosts QuickBooks online, and they're using FS Logix. And if you've gone to those QuickBooks online, you can rent a desktop form for I forget what it is. Um, say it's forty bucks a month or something like that. They're able to do it for ten bucks less a month than their competitors out there. And part of the reason why is FS Logix allows them to collapse servers, so they have versions of QuickBooks 2017, 16, and 15 all on one server. And depending on which company um, logs in, they figured out how to do the multi-tenancy in such a way that. Um, they don't have to have servers spun up in Rackspace that are sitting there for 2015 that only have two users on it, while the 2017 user is overloaded and needs to, you know, spin up another one on there. So they're more cost effective doing that. Uh, we have a very large one of the M7 partners. Uh, part of their um, hosted solution uses FS Logix. Uh, we have a um, uh, a uh, service provider, a Microsoft uh, service provider who's doing RDSH only in the Bahamas is, uh, no, excuse me, it's Bermuda. It's one of those islands off the East Coast uh, that is uh, using FS Logix uh, for their Office 365. And uh, yeah, we have a couple of use cases, uh, uh, case studies that'll be coming out that describe that. But yeah, we're very popular in that in that market. That's why we started going to the Microsoft conferences um, at Microsoft's and Simpsons, actually. So when people complain about Office 365, they can send them to our booth. Very nice. So you know, the, those are some nice use cases that you have out there with customers. Some some good examples and. We look forward to um, those white papers coming out uh, so people can, can see um, with FS Logix working in the cloud, how it's being used and taking advantage of those cloud native services. Um, I was just going to say, yeah, I mean, the, the example you gave of the MSP is a, is a prime example of good technology. Uh, MSPs will try to do things as, as efficiently as possible in order to keep costs down. But MSPs are also acutely aware of the problems that you're going to face in enterprise desktop. I mean, they're always much further down the line than customers are on their, on their journeys in a sense that they have to stand us up. They have to make it as simple as possible. They have to make it as cost-effective as possible. And they have to make sure the experience is great because, look, customers can just unsubscribe. Users can't unsubscribe. But when a MSP chooses your product, you've hit the nail on the head then. Because they've taken everything into account. They've taken costs into account. They've taken as lean as a service they want to provide. And they've still decided that their problem is big enough to have to bring another vendor into it. And that, that to me, speaks far louder than 10 customer references, in my opinion. Yes, yeah. it, it does. And I would say not in line, but they're going to be ahead because they have to think about this problem and fix it ahead of time because you hit a key point there because they're not end users. They're, they're subscribers, so they can just unsubscribe at any time if it's not the experience that they, they need. The other thing that is helping us as well is you are FS Logics. We have a suite of products, but we will sell them to you a module at a time 
and we will uh, you can bill us you know bill your users monthly for it and that's the model you have to have in the cloud you can't try to cram the suite down their throat if they just need java or they just need office 365 and then the other thing with evidence logic is we're 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 cloud ready over on the sales side as well so if you tell us you know our high water mark for users is n but they're different users every month because of the way where companies are coming going some companies will sign up with them and then they'll they'll leave and stuff like that we don't actually force you to actually name that user in that cloud model. You just you just tell us it's it, you know number of users was n and this is what we owe you this month. And it's a um, it's subtle, but you have to be flexible in order to help these MSPs survive, and that's what they need. And and that's that's the other reason. There's technology does what they want them to do, but you're you're right if you. If you try to charge too much for it or gouge them or you're inflexible, then their solution isn't going to work for them either because they, they're on very, very thin margins. I couldn't agree with you more. I couldn't agree with you more. I mean, overall, it's it, it's really refreshing to check in a year later. And not only are you doing as well as you're doing beforehand, you're, you're doing far, far better than you were doing last year. Um, Microsoft are coming out in support of you. Um, you know, Citrix and VMware both realize the problem that you're solving and, and uh, you know, have addressed that. And most importantly, you are solving a problem. You're solving it very well. And while may, many people may try to to take what you're doing with Office 365 and mimic it slightly, everybody knows. Well, at least everybody should know that they're not. You're not going to have the same result as you will with FS Logics because you guys have been doing this longer. You have the secret sauce. You figured out the the end result. And while putting an OST into into a into a VHD sounds like a fantastic idea, users are going to want search, and they are going to want these other uh, OneDrive features. And that's when it gets really, really, really complicated. But you guys have already figured it out. So. Uh, I suppose for me, you know, Kev, Kevin, to you and the team and, you know, the new hires and everything, congratulations. You've done superbly this year. And uh, I'm really looking forward to seeing what you get up to. Yeah. I also want to second that as, as well and say congratulations also. Um, and I really like how you guys are approaching cloud, uh, especially with the message you have. And hopefully some, some vendors hear this because you guys are, are being flexible, giving the customers what they need and not trying to force a, a square peg in a round hole when it comes to cloud. So con- congrats on that as well. well. Well, thank you. We have a saying at FS Logics: if it was easy, everybody would be doing it. Um, and a lot of times you see stuff that looks easy, but um, you don't know how much work we put into it to make it look that easy. So it's great to, uh, you know... Um, gain approval from folks such as yourself, who I admire and respect so much, um, that apparently we're achieving at least some of that, uh, right? And But we know, uh, we really know, I mean, it's, it's, it's a lot of execution, and um, uh, Randy Cook, is he was correct about this here, but he's also painted a future for us that we recognize, and so engineering isn't resting on their laurels. They get a bunch of other stuff that they're working on that we know customers are going to need probably before they know they need it once they get up in the cloud they're going to realize that there's some other problems and hopefully our solutions will be coded up and ready to go by the time they get there 
No, it's, I mean, overall, it, it is superb news, and I, I am actively interested to see what happens. I mean, the hires are great, the technology is great, the cloud enablement is here, so it's a, it's um, it's a, it, it's a great story to hear. Um, we're we're running close to time here, so um, I just wanted to say thanks very much for for the catch up, Kevin. I greatly appreciate it, and I wish you all the best in, in the coming months. I look forward to seeing what you get up to. Well. Always a pleasure, and uh, you know I'd love to be invited back for a next time, and can't wait to talk to you then. Yes, uh, th- thank you for coming on, and you know we're always happy to to have you on and, and, and pick your brain not only about FS Logics but about uh, just just in general. Um, when you were here last week in town for our, our CGC event, you know you know doing the five minutes of the of the of the vendor commercial and the rest of your session just on you know, the industry and stuff, you know, that resonated a lot with our, with our user group. Um, so I appreciate that. Um, you know, closing down here, I'd like to thank our sponsors, FS Logic. So thank you, Kevin. Um, and also look at where labs. Um, thank you everyone for listening to the frontline chatter podcast and we'll talk to you next time.